baseball trip of a lifetime while bringing awareness to the needs of children across the country through Children's Hope Alliance. We're joined today by Mark Lancaster, who used to cover the Rays for the Tampa Tribune and was a Reds beat reporter for the Cincinnati Post. He is a Baseball Hall of Fame voter and currently serves as the managing editor of the Omnisport U.S. News Desk in Charlotte, where he was my boss. Welcome, Mark. Hey, how are you? Good. So before I ask you a question, I just want to say it's been a pleasure working with you over the last three plus years. Likewise. Likewise. I'm jealous of your adventure now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, our trip begins in Florida for spring training. So while we're down in your old stomping grounds, um, I want to ask you uh, what advice you have for bouncing around Florida for spring training. Florida is hard. Uh, it's it's a much more difficult setup for fans than the Arizona spring training is just because everything's so spread out compared to the way it is in Phoenix. I mean, back even not that long ago, there were still a couple teams in Tucson, but now everybody's in the greater Phoenix area, so it's all one spot. Florida, you got to kind of pick your area, basically. You know, you've got sort of the cluster down on the, you know, around around Palm Beach, uh, West Palm, that area. you got Jupiter, uh, some, some the cluster teams down there, and then you've got the teams that are sort of in – the Gulf Coast area down around Fort Myers, uh, Port Charlotte for the Rays, uh, and then you've got the group that's more up in Tampa, St. Pete with the Phillies, and uh, you've got the Yankees there in Tampa, and you've got the Tigers in Lakeland, the Braves for now for another couple years uh, over there at Disney. So you kind of need to pick your spot. Um, there's some, some cool experiences uh, around. The Phillies Park is great. Uh, the Tigers have been in the same spot for more than 70 years which is fantastic. And the stadium was just redone before last year. Uh, I actually saw it not too long ago, and it looks great. Uh, the Pirates have one of the oldest ballparks that you'll see in use for string tree. It might be the oldest now. Uh, McKechnie Field, it might have a corporate name now, but that's in Bradenton. And it's a cool experience, just right in the middle of the neighborhood, basically. Uh, and then you've got, you know, the Red Sox place, which is a replica of Fenway Park down in Fort Myers. Cool. So it's it's quite a variety uh, of options down there. Brand new facility down there in, in West Palm now for the Astros and the Nats as of last year. So you got you can't hit it all in one trip, usually, <laughs> uh, unless it's a pretty long trip down there. But, you know, there's plenty of good options in, in those clusters. Or they're kind of doing a, a week on the golf side and then a, a, the remainder of the time before we do opening day in Miami. Miami will be on on the Atlantic side down in the Jupiter West Palm area yeah and I I haven't spent as much time on that side the uh the Jupiter West Palm side myself um just because of they do try because the travel is so hard they do try to keep the schedule so the teams don't have to cross over that much because that really makes for a long day you know you play a game and got to take the bus all the way back over to the other coast that kind of thing so it's harder on the players they try to keep that to a minimum you're a michigan man so when you were a kid did you ever go down to spring training yeah i did i did yeah we did that a couple times um when i was a kid and uh there in lakeland joker market stadium where they've been again that site for decades and decades uh tiger town and it's it's i'm obviously biased but i I think between the history and the facility upgrades that they've continued to make there that it's, it's just a great experience it's a quintessential spring training experience as opposed to something like the Yankees which it just it feels very corporate 
Uh, it's right off the busiest road in Tampa, right across from uh, the Buccaneers Stadium there uh, in Tampa on Dale Mabry. And it just it, it doesn't feel like spring training. It just feels like sort of a miniaturized version of regular season MLB to me. So if you want the spring training atmosphere, you go to someplace like Lakeland or Bradenton, you know, where it feels a little bit more, you know, like it used to be a little more old timey, uh, a little more intimate uh, than you get at, you know, Tampa with the Yankees. Well, I was. I think you just answered my next question. What is your favorite Florida spring training site? And I think you just answered it with the, uh, with Lakeland. Yep, that is that is correct. <laughs> now I tell you, I mean, of the ones, and I haven't been to some of the other ones because it's been a little while uh, since I was down there actively covering. But um, you know, I do like the Phillies in Clearwater. I think it's a cool setup, and um, they've done a nice nice bit with that park. And and there's a lot of nice vantage points out there, and it's always an interesting crowd because it's the Phillies. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a pretty good one. So, uh, you know, it, it's newer park, newer, newer type of atmosphere than you see in Lakeland or Bradenton. But it's, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good spot. Now, once we get to the regular season, I think you've been to all but two current stadiums. Three. Right? I've, I've Three. not been to the, the Braves place, the Twins place or uh, Miami for the Marlins. So I got 27 out of 30. Uh, let's see. Right. Yeah, I know. I got I got some place to go. I got to catch up. But, well, uh, hey, hey, you're welcome to join us at any point right. on, on this trip. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what is your favorite stadium and, and why? It's a tough one. I mean, I think I agree with the general consensus that AT&T out in San Francisco is probably the best. Um, you can't beat the vantage point right there on the water um, and just that neighborhood. It's just there's plenty around. It's cool. It's just it's it's always a raucous crowd. Um, you get the unpredictable weather out there and all the crazy things that happen. You know, you can get the home runs that land in the water. It's just really neat. It's a cool place to walk around. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh PNC Park, again, right there on the water. You can't beat that as far as sort of just looking out from most of the seating bowl onto the other side, the skyline there with the with the river and the bridge, the Roberto Clemente Bridge there. I mean, those two to me are the best as far as fan experience goes and just sort of the aesthetics of it all. Um, you know, I, I, I think that there are plenty of other good ones out. The Dodger Stadium is a classic. I, I enjoy the experience at Minute Maid in Houston and Safeco, uh, despite them having roofs. Um, I think they've done a nice job with those, uh, just as far as being pretty cool places to go. Wrigley and Fenway have their own charm, obviously, just from the historical standpoint of it, even if they can get a little bit cramped and dirty uh, and obnoxious sometimes, especially when it gets really hot in the summer. Yeah, so, you get the trough in the men's room at Wrigley, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, they've, well, I don't know. They've done a lot of renovations at Wrigley that are ongoing in the last several years. So, I, they've really reformed, just transformed a lot of that stadium. A lot of it is. You know, it's it's not public stuff. It's player amenities and things like that because their clubhouses were by far the worst in the majors for years and years and years, uh, not updated at all. But now they've really gone through and done a full revamp of that whole area there at Clark and Addison. And it's, you know, it's it's definitely changed the, the complexion of that area. And my wife took me to Wrigley Field for the first time for my 40th birthday a, a, a couple of years ago. That was really cool. Yeah, it's a great really spot. Wrigley. Yep. So the other end of the spectrum, what's your least favorite stadium? Oakland. Um, it's just just a disaster area. No, no hesitation with that answer no, either. No, <laughs> no, and and you know, and and I think I mean everybody that I think everybody will tell you either Oakland or the Trop. Um, I'm biased in favor of the Trop probably because I worked there. You know, I went to seventy plus games a year, probably around seventy games a year at the Trop for three straight years. So, you know, the thing about it is, you know, you're going to play baseball because it's got a roof and they've done again a lot of upgrades there to make it comfortable it's you know there's accessible parking all the way around they've done what they can and when that place gets full it's got atmosphere in it 
Oakland, it doesn't get full, and it's a football stadium. Period. There's no, you know, there's no way around it. You know, you got to you come in, and it's just sort of in the middle of the parking lot across from the the Warriors' place there, and. You know, there used to be like razor wire over some of the the entrances and things like that to keep people from getting in when the place was closed up. And just the the ambiance is terrible, and it's just it's not a great place to watch a ball game. Well, they're going to have it to themselves here in a couple of years, right? When, yeah, well, they, the they need move. their own place, and and that's obviously been just like with Tampa. It's been a years long struggle to get a new ballpark, and but I mean those two are clearly the bottom two. Uh, but to me, it's it's Oakland, no question. I uh, will say to listeners, Mark used to be the sports editor at the Washington Times in D.C. and uh, gave my wife and I a great recommendation last year when we went up to D.C. to see the Nationals and Cardinals play at Nationals Park. You told us to head down the street and go to uh, Blue Jacket. Blue Jacket. It's great. Great recommendation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In other cities, you got some, some, re- some recommendations. See, I, d- I don't just because so much has changed. You know, I used to have, when I was on the road all the time, I had a running like Google Doc that basically <laughs> had my restaurants in every city. And I noticed, I mean, I don't travel nearly as much as I used to, but a lot of them just close. I mean, it, the restaurant business is a, is a brutal business, and a lot of them just go away. I mean, I can tell you that my favorite places to go for food and for beer, which is something else that I'm into, uh, you know, for food, Houston gets a bad rap in a lot of regards. But man, the food in Houston is great. It's great. I mean, the, the Mexican food and just all the other international, uh, you know, sort of influences that are there. I always like going to Houston when I was covering the Reds and they were still in the same division, the NL Central, and everybody else got mad because in Houston it's 100 degrees and 98 percent humidity in the summer. But man, you could eat there. Yeah, our um, uh, leg of. When, when, we're, when we're in Houston, that's on the back end of the trip. So we'll be in Houston in August. So oh, I know it, it's going to be brutal hot. <laughs> that would be a good time. But, you know, Chicago, obviously, it's hard to beat. Um, New York, not as much around the ballparks uh, for me necessarily. Uh, so that's not that high on my list when it comes to that. Toronto's awesome. I, you know, Toronto is one of my favorite cities to go to. Rogers Center, eh, it's okay. It's fine. It does the job. But it's such a cool city, so cosmopolitan, and you know it's like New York, but without the nonsense and much cleaner. Um, we were even in Toronto one time when there was like a garbage union strike, and it still wasn't that bad. Like it just, you know, they 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 do it right in Toronto, and there's a lot of there's a lot of cool options up there. Again, San Francisco, you go right outside the ballpark, you got some of the best dining in the world, and you know, and drinking out there uh, for sure, right around the ballpark. So Denver, same thing. You walk down the street in Denver, there in, in the Lodo area. Um, they got the Falling Rock Tap Room, maybe the best beer bar in America. They've got all kinds of great options uh, down around that area. So, uh, you know, I, you like those parks that there's something right there around it, you know, which everybody tries to do uh, these days when you build a new park. It doesn't always work. Cincinnati, man, they, I was up there last summer, and they've, you know, they opened that stadium in 2003, I think, and it was supposed to be – you know, right away, all this development around the ballpark. It took 10 years plus to get it there. But, man, it's great. You go out the door of a great American ballpark in Cincinnati, there are bars everywhere now and restaurants for you to check out. Some really good stuff. So, you know, you got to pick your spots a little bit there. You're not going to necessarily find that kind of thing outside, you know, City Field or Yankee Stadium. But there's there's so many good options out there. I look forward to your next career as the uh, foodie travel guide. Yes, base, base, food travel and craft beer near baseball stadiums <laughs> will be my niche, yes. What what kind of advice do you have for like a extended baseball trip, uh, baseball road trip? Obviously, what we're doing is different from what you did, but... Sure, I mean, I, I think, you know, I love ballparks and I love 
this one thing about baseball is just sort of the pace of the game and the way it's designed allows you to explore ballparks. You know, you go check out, um, you know, the the baseball Ferris wheel, uh, Comerica Park, you know, the tiger themed little play area they got back there. You know, go take a walk around back in the outfield in San Francisco and, and check out the, the harbor. Basically, it's back behind there. Um, you know, it's it's you're going to see plenty of baseball on, a, on on this kind of trip that you're doing as far as the game action itself goes. It's all going to blend together. I mean, maybe you get lucky, you see no hitter, you see some, some guy hit four home runs in a game, whatever. But it's mostly going to be about, oh, man, I had the most ridiculous concession item in this park or – you know, we uh, we saw this crazy thing happen or we got this great giveaway at this park, that sort of thing to me. I mean, it's 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 more about the experience around the game, which is something that MLB obviously has, I think, has learned a lot from the minors, say, in the last 20 or 30 years um, and really upped its game there. Uh, to me, too, you know, if you, especially in that kind of situation where it's not like, okay, we're going to, you know, I'm going to take my kid to two major league games this year, you know, where you really want to be focused on what's going on, perhaps. If you're going out there and doing multiple parks, you know, try doing things differently. You know, definitely try getting there as early as you possibly can when the gates open so you can catch batting practice because that's something that people, you know, don't necessarily do. And that depends on the park when they open the gates. I know the Yankees actually are planning to open their gates earlier this year so people can watch Judge and Stanton take batting practice. It's a great idea. You open the concessions, you're going to make some money there that you otherwise wouldn't have made you know as, as and i think you'll see other teams probably follow suit in that if it actually is successful in new york so get there early maybe linger a little bit later you know don't just don't leave in the seventh inning you know stay there a little bit after the game maybe you see something cool i don't know it's, my wife it's is uh, a stickler for staying to the end of a game yeah even if cool it goes thing. 17 innings she's like we're gonna see it to the end no it's good it's good you know and, and you just gotta kind of explore the little nooks and crannies in each ballpark you never know what you might find you know i mean there's yeah, you're going to run in. You go to Camden Yards, you go out to Boog's Barbecue out there, you know, back behind, like, uh, the right field fence, basically. Everybody's going to do that, but you still got to go do it. I mean, it's cool. You know, you got to check out what each park is known for and explore as much as you can. And that's one of the things we're doing, too, is, like, uh, stadium reviews on our trip. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about packing for a really long baseball trip? We got some you got to keep it compact because, you know, it's the one thing you don't have to – you're not going to have to dress nice, so that helps. <laughs> and you just – especially in the summer it's like stuff that's breathable and stuff that you can reuse if you can or it's easy to wash which is key right um you know it's almost like you know try to class up a camping trip you know packing list a little bit uh, because you want it to be something that's comfortable um and that you can hopefully you know reuse reasonably without too much trouble but you know make sure you got your sunglasses make sure you got your hat hydrate 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 <laughs> Especially in Houston, in, although Houston's indoors, right? Yeah, it'll be indoors. It's not gonna be there. So that's, the, I mean, probably the worst. Man, I don't know. Texas, Texas would be the worst. Dodger Stadium, uh, and it's not that bad. I mean, the climate's okay. not that bad usually, unless they're in some freak. You know, I think because of the roof in Houston, because you got a roof in Arizona, in Miami now, Tampa. Probably the worst weather as far as just straight out heat that you deal with is is going to be in Texas at the Rangers, and that place it just bakes. I mean, it's 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 got high sides. And it's a huge ballpark. Like, it's a really cavernous ballpark. It's not open like some of the other ones you see, like Camden or Comerica or places like that. And, it, it man, it gets hot in there in the summer. Yeah, that'll be late August. That's that's a Stadium 28 out of 30 will be, yeah. will be the ballpark at Arlington. It's hot in Texas. Hot. Um, how long have you been a Hall of Fame voter? How many years now? I think the class of 2013 was my first one. So, yeah. Okay. Class of 2012 or 13. I think 13. 
the last couple of years, you have voted for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, right? I have, yeah. I didn't vote for them the first year on. I mean, the, a big part of it, not just for me, but for a lot of others, I think, is the um, uh, you can only vote for 10 players uh, on the ballot at any given time. So my first year, I basically had nine other people that I wanted to vote for besides those two. I feel like they're a package deal. I know there's a couple of people that don't, but I feel like you vote for one, you vote for the other. Um, but yes, I voted for both of them since their second year on the ballot, basically, um, with the reasoning being that they did not fail, uh, any MLB mandated drug tests that were going on, um, which differentiates them from Manny Ramirez in my mind. Again, not everyone agrees with that. Um, and you know, it's, and somebody like Rafael Palmero, basically. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a dicey situation. Um, it was quite a bit of, I don't know, soul searching is not the right word because it's just not that important. But, you know, I, I put a lot of thought into it when, you know, those first two years they were on the ballot, basically, because I think I think you kind of need to go with it and stick with it once you make your decision. You think they'll get in eventually? Uh, it's going to be hard. I don't I don't they're not going to get in. I don't think on the writer's vote. And of course, the Hall of Fame changed the rules to take the max time on the ballot on the writer's ballot down from 15 years to 10 years. And that was specifically designed to try to make it harder for these two guys um and you know i just i just don't know that they're going to get that momentum i mean they've the voting rules has has changed roll role has changed significantly the last couple of years and they started weeding out people that haven't that haven't been active in a long time from the bbwa and i think generally speaking you know maybe your older voters are more traditionalists that would have more of a problem with these kind of guys getting in so you've seen those kind of people generally speaking again not in the electorate anymore. Um, and I think that's definitely helped contribute to the uptick in their vote totals, but I just don't know that it's going to be enough for them to get over the top on the writer's ballot. And then the veterans committee is just a complete crapshoot because that's basically 12 or 16 people and you still need the 75% of that, but it's, there's always former players on there. Mm -hmm. There's a, like, that is sort of by definition an older selection group there right. um, that again, does not generally, you know, speak very highly or think very fondly of those guys so for whatever it's worth i i think it's gonna be hard i, I do so yeah i'm i'm in there i i think they did, they're the best players of their era i think they should be and I, I and i don't think there should be any debate about it but yeah yeah it's you know it's one of those things that it, 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 people people are going to uh, disagree to disagree you know <laughs> it's just it's people kind of have their 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 spots entrenched and that's just the way they're going to go with it i think right. so we'll see now, I want to shift gears and talk about another possible future Hall of Famer, five-year-old Patrick Lancaster. Sure, sure. Uh, I know Patrick's been bitten by the baseball bug. That probably has something to do with his dad. What made you fall in love with baseball when you were a kid? Back then, you know, late 70s, early 80s when I was growing up, it was much more the national pastime still. You know, you didn't have the NFL in the sort of place in the consciousness that it is now. The NBA was just becoming again what it is with that the magic and bird you know clashes there again 1979 early 80s you get the showtime lakers and all that stuff uh, for michigan kid like me the bad boy pistons isaiah thomas bill lane beer but it was still baseball i mean baseball was you know what you it was just it was there it was there it was there every day and for me again in michigan i had ernie harwell on the radio every night which was a very you know fortunate thing for me because he was one of the greatest announcers of all time and still at the peak of his game my entire childhood. So 
it just was something that was always there for me. Um, you know, my dad, we didn't live in Detroit. We lived on the other side of Michigan most of my life, but we had family in Detroit. So whenever we were over there after I got to be, you know, six or seven or something like that, you know, we would, we would try to get to a Tigers game if we were down there during the season and uh, back at the old stadium, Tiger Stadium. And, and, you know, it's hard not to fall in love, I think, with a major league you know, with, with baseball right. once you go there if you're a kid who has any interest at all in it. So, Do you remember that first trip to Tiger Stadium, what that was like? I you? don't. I don't. And I, and I found, like, an old scrapbook a couple of years ago with a ticket stub. Like, it was the first ticket stub. I mean, they were talking about, like, glue-sticked into the, you know, paper kind of a thing. Um, and I think it was from 1981, so I would have been about seven. Um, and I didn't have any, re- I don't have any recollection of that specific game. I went and looked it up on baseballreference.com, you know, <laughs> uh, just to check and see. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really. I, mean, I remember going back later, you know, when I was a little bit older um, and just, you know, Tiger Stadium was such a strange and awesome place. And, uh, you know, it just it, it made an impact on me. And I, you know, I've moved a lot when I was a kid um, within Michigan and then outside of Michigan. And I've lived in like seven different states or something like that at this point in my life. And because of that, my local teams in whatever sport have changed a lot. And I'm not a diehard Detroit Lions fan or Red Wings fan or Pistons fan or anything, but the Tigers are sort of the one thing that stayed with me all the way through, you know, suppressed it when I was covering baseball. Um, And once you become a sports writer or a sports journalist, you suppress the fan in you anyway. It's just, you know, you root for the story is the, is the line and it's true. You know, we don't have like crazy fans who are, who are in sports media for the most part. Um, But, you know, that's, that's the one thing that's, that I've basically had my entire life as far as sports fandom is the Tigers. So, you know, um, we live in Charlotte now and there's no major league team in Charlotte and it's it's sort of a difficult okay is it the Braves is it you know who who do you root for if you're if you're a kid growing up in Charlotte so I'm not sure where my sons are going to fall on that <laughs> on that spectrum um you know currently at age five and one but you know Patrick knows how I feel about the Tigers and you know <laughs> I don't know that he cares he's not he like he likes playing more than he likes watching so but I think but he's but he's a good little player so you said your first memories of t- Tiger Stadium was Weird and awesome. Yeah. So now that you're a dad, I, I remember talking to you a couple of years ago and you took Patrick to his, his first baseball game and he was like two or three and he really didn't know what the heck was going on. Yeah. But what as a dad and as a big baseball fan, what was it like the first time you saw Patrick really realize what was going on? Oh, it was phenomenal. We used to, um, when we lived up in Virginia before moving here, when he was really little, uh, we used to go to a single A Potomac Nationals game, uh, which is, and they probably play in the worst minor league ballpark in America. Like it's just, <laughs> it's a glorified high school stadium. It's terrible. Just aluminum bleachers, nothing to it. No amenities, no nothing. Plenty, plenty of parking. That's basically all that stadium has. Um, and you know, he was a little guy and we basically went because, you know, my wife and I wanted to go watch a baseball game and he, we brought him along because we bring him along. But then there was a point where he actually sat through it without wanting to run around or whatever. You know, he insisted on staying as late as we would let him stay instead of wanting to leave after the third inning or something like that, which had happened the first couple of times when he was really little. So it was awesome because it is my favorite sport. It's my wife's favorite sport to watch. You know, we we both really enjoy it. And, you know, we've tried consciously not to put any pressure on, you know, any anything like that. But, I mean, it's definitely his favorite sport to play at this point as a very young kid. And it's awesome to get to be a part of that and see it from this side of, you know, this side of things. So he already has a better arm than I have. (laughs) And, you know, I was a I was a left handed 
you know, left-handed thrower with, with no power whatsoever, which basically made me completely useless as, as a first baseman or an outfielder or a pitcher, which were the only positions I could play. So he throws right and he's got a great arm. So we'll see. Has he been to a major league baseball game? Um, he has, but not since he can remember. He's been to an Orioles game and a nationals game, but he was too little to remember. So, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's it's high on my list. It's high on my <laughs> list. So, and that's kind of what we want to do with our trip to get get kids to games, maybe for the first time, and, and create that what what you had as a kid the first time you well, you went to, to Tiger Stadium and you remember it and uh, yeah. And I'm sure Patrick will have a similar experience when he walks into whether it's SunTrust or Nationals Park or or Yankee Stadium or wherever. The, right. the, the first time he walks into that that park will probably be pretty awesome. And I tell you, I mean, people, the minor leagues are a different deal, but. Charlotte has one of the best triple-A ballparks oh, yeah. in America. It's a, it's just a beautiful place that the triple-A Charlotte Knights, the White Sox affiliate, play in, and he loves going there because it's it's a great place to watch a game. There's no bad seats in the house. It's got a great skyline view, and there's all kinds of, you know, the extraneous stuff that kids like. is all It's, it's all there. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it hurts me sometimes not being close to a major league team where you can just, oh, we're just going to go to the game today. Uh, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where we've got a nice little fallback here with a triple-A team. So That's the kind of experience we want to create for some kids on our trip. And so, uh, Mark, thanks so much for coming on the Home Run on Wheels podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me and uh, have fun. Nice, Always nice talking baseball. Did you know there are enough kids in foster care to fill the rosters of almost 1,500 MLB teams and their entire farm systems? We need more foster parents. Visit childrenshopealliance.org to learn more. Now I'm curious to get the opinion of my partner in crime, my wife Patty. And Patty, what did you think of what Mark had to say? I thought it was very interesting. One of the last points he was talking about, you were talking about, was the stadium in Charlotte and how great of a stadium that is. It's such an awesome view of Uptown. Right. But the thing that struck me there was, as you will recall, when we knew we were going to move to Charlotte, that was one of the deciding factors, right, that was on the list of the cons was that there was no Major League Baseball team. Yeah, when we moved from St. Louis. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Where we lived like a mile and a half from Bush Stadium. (laughs) Exactly. I could hear the fireworks go off (laughs) sometimes when we got a home run or Mm -hmm. won the game back then. So that was a big transition for us. So I'm excited to get back into baseball, um, really getting to go see some games, seeing the Major League teams, et cetera. We – we're introduced to the seven-line army, and that is a raucous group of Mets fans. Yes, definitely. Uh, so I am looking forward to going, of course, to that stadium oh, and yeah. seeing City what they're Field's like there, be awesome. right? May 1st through the 3rd, home run, home run <laughs> on wheels, we're rolling into Queens. That was kind of some of the points I picked out from what Mark was saying. I'm excited about different things down here as well in Florida. <clears throat> being able to see, he mentioned, I think it was Fenway Park, one of the – stadiums is kind of a replica, replica of Fen- yeah. Fenway and Fenway is one of course of those yeah one of those iconic stadiums right exactly and so being able to see that and now getting to see the little miniature version first is kind of cool and then we'll, we'll get to see the real thing the end of April right so I'm looking forward to that the other thing that struck me out of the conversation you guys had was about walking around the neighborhoods near the stadiums so, you know, as you know, when you've done your DJ gigs, I like to go 
and while you're working go and explore the, the town so even like little tiny towns it's fun to walk down main street go explore the little shops uh, see what they have the best places to eat the best places to drink like Mark was talking about, near the stadiums. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be near the stadium, but I love to walk around little neighborhoods like that. So I'm excited to do that as well. And I tell you what, I, I think Mark's got a career ahead of him as like a, a little baseball food blogger. I mean, right. Dude, dude's been, been around some the, the cities in the U.S. and he knows, he knows his stuff as far as local eateries and craft beers. <laughs> right. Well, and we'll be giving our opinions on those things, right? Of course the home run on wheels stadium and city reviews food blog so subscribe download appreciate the listen thank you very much